Hello and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Wizards podcast. Ben Standing here uh, to take you guys through what we witnessed Friday night at Capital One Arena. We witnessed an all-time great performance by LeBron James, who scored not one, not two, not three, but 57 points. 57, second most he scored in his career against the Wizards. Cleveland wins 130-122. I'm going to get into all that and some other bigger picture stuff on the Wizards with two separate interviews, two guests. First up, uh, Michael Lee from Yahoo Sports. Can't do much better than that on a Wizards-Cleveland big game. Who else are you going to want to hear from than Michael Lee? Also, pal Howard Fenderich from the Associated Press shares his thoughts on the game. And we'll get to all that in just a second. But in the off chance that you didn't catch it uh, or you're, you just want to you know, hear some more about it now, what's potentially the real bigger story is that John Wall hurt his shoulder in the game, uh, ran into a pick set by Channing Fry, went down, said he felt his arm just like feel dead. Uh, for a little bit, he said after the game that it felt like it was on fire. He walked out of the locker room wearing a sling. Uh, I was told by a source that his x-rays came back negative, but in and of itself, we'll see. Uh, the Wizards canceled practice on Saturday, so I don't know when we'll exactly hear uh, anything further, but presumably there'll be an MRI. And goes without saying, John Wall, <laughs> it's kind of important that he's out there on the court. So... That's the bigger picture story that we'll have to wait on a little bit. Uh, I did talk some some about that with uh, Michael and Howard. We'll get all of that in just a second. But a uh, quick reminder, you can, as always, look, find the podcast on iTunes or anywhere else you do your podcasting. If you uh, want to hit me up on Twitter, I'm at Ben Standig. You want to email me with your thoughts on the Wizards, the podcast, whatever you got cooking on that head of yours. I'm at bstandig1 at gmail. Dot com And uh, one last time I'll mention this, uh, at least, well, at least for now, uh, the podcast itself has switched from Audio Boom to Panoply. If you are a person who does an RSS feed or uh, you just go went to Audio Boom to click on the link, you're going to want to now uh, update your RSS and go to Panoply and look for the, for the Locked On Wizards page. I put up the addresses to both up on the Locked On Wizards Twitter feed at Locked On Wizards, so you can check it out there or email, or hit me up and I'll help you find your way. Before I get to Michael and Howard, I don't want to step on too much of our conversations, but ultimately, one thing I didn't really get into with them was, look, losing to LeBron James is not a, not an embarrassing thing to do. It happens, obviously. And, you know, even giving up 57 points to LeBron James, even it's the second most points of his career, again, it's, you know, you can, you can sort of imagine that. Well, the issue though here is two things. One, after the Wizards themselves talked openly about how their defense was a mess against, in, in Wednesday's loss against Phoenix, they allowed 42 points in the first quarter. I mean, you know, they, they allowed over 70 by halftime. The most the Wizards had allowed in any half. This year, they give up 130 points. Cleveland shoots well over 50%, makes it, shoots about 44% from three. So the, the, the defensive situation, not much better. And it, uh, Cleveland was just getting a lot of what they wanted whenever they wanted, particularly, of course, with LeBron. But what it goes to really is it makes, it's what, it makes the Phoenix loss hurt all the more. 
if you beat Phoenix, right, you're at that point, instead of being four and three, what are you now, five and two going into this game, it doesn't mean you would feel better about, hey, well, we beat Phoenix, we lost to Cleveland, so it's even. No, no, no. It just means that, okay, you take, you can take that split on some level considering the opponent. But when you lose to Phoenix, it makes it feel that much worse for a team in particular. It's only eight games into the season, but big picture, the Wizards are talking about at least getting up to the two seed, winning 50 plus games for the first time in 40 years. You don't do that losing to Phoenix at home and you compound it when you lose to Cleveland, a, a team you're really trying to compete against. And also, this was a wounded Cleveland team. They had lost four in a row. Their last three games by at least an, by at least 17 points. They This was their first game without starting center Tristan Thompson. Iman Shumpert is out for several games. This was a good opportunity to take advantage of Cleveland. And, you know, from the Wizards' perspective, you get Markeith Morris back. He wasn't all the way back, though. He, he basically told me, hey, it's going to take a minute to get back in game shape. That's fine. Um, they could have definitely used him against LeBron James if healthy. He wasn't totally there, but it'll, 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 it'll get there at time. They also got out of a quarterback after missing a game from illness. But based on the amount of minutes he played about 31, he may not have been all the way back. That's not a low number, but the Wizards are trailing pretty much the whole second half. You would think Otto Porter would have played more if he was fully ready to go. He wasn't. In any event, the Wizards have now lost after they start the season 2-0. and They beat Denver to go to 3-0, and but then they lose to the Lakers, lose to Golden State, beat Sacramento, and now they've lost two. So they've now lost four out of five. Toronto's up next on the road Sunday in Toronto. That's a place the Wizards have had some difficulties with for sure. You lose that one, you're five and six. And again, it's early in the year, but if you're talking about winning, you know, getting up to the two seed, you you can't afford to have all these big lapses. Now you can do that if you win 17 straight at home, like you did a year ago, that type of deal. But obviously that can't be expected. So the the the, the Cleveland game a tough loss. Uh, on a lot of levels, LeBron, just a phenomenal performance. Um, and then, you know, but to lose the Phoenix game makes it feel worse. And now we have to wait and see what happens with John Wall. Um, I'll be back Sunday for a podcast, uh, presumably after the Toronto game. But in any event, if there's updates in between, we'll may, we may have to do an emergency podcast because obviously John Wall is kind of a big deal. All right, let's get to our friend, Mr. Uh, he's on Twitter at Mr. Michael Lee. From Yahoo Sports, but before I do that, here's a quick word from our sponsor. All right, so uh, let's get into it. You guys know him. You follow him on Twitter at Mr. Michael Lee on Twitter. Uh, he knows his team as well as anyone historically. He covers the NBA, so he certainly knows Cleveland as well. Lots of good insight. I dragged him away from. He was trying to do some writing. I was like, "Come on, get a couple minutes." So he took some time. Big thanks to him for that. So here we go. Mr. Michael Lee talking Wizards, Cavs, and the holy hell performance from LeBron James. All right. Uh, still trying to sort this out. Wrap my head around what we just witnessed, both the LeBronness of it all and another defensive optional effort from the Wizards. Here to help me figure this out. The guy we often turn to for such things, Mr. Michael Lee with Yahoo Sports. Good. What, uh... Wow. I mean, like you, <laughs> you, you go to tons of games. I'm only typically here. I've seen some impressive performances. But when you consider it's LeBron's second-highest scoring game of his career, yeah. where does that one just rank? Just from a historic standpoint, where does that one rank for you of games you've seen? 
Uh, it was spectacular. Um, you know, and I've seen LeBron come into this building, whatever you want to call it, MCI Center, Horizon <laughs> Center, Capital One Arena, and I've seen him just ruin lives. I've seen him ruin <laughs> careers. I've seen him ruin spirits and just deflate every fan in the building, and he's done it a lot. You know, it's been at least 11 years that he's been coming in here and just breaking hearts. Um, but tonight he was just phenomenal because, you know, he's 32 years old and he'll be 33 in a month. And you keep waiting for that moment when he looks like... Like, nor- like human? Like human or that it's over, you know, because we've seen greats. We've seen them all start to fade. We've seen them decline. We've seen right. them go away. And it's often painful to watch. Um, and he's in his 15th year. And it's really hard to get 50 when you play the past 15 years. I think Kobe Bryant's the only guy that right? to do it after 15 years. And that's the night he got 60 um, in his last game when he took 30 shots in the second half. <laughs> you know, when it was basically he was force-fed and it was just whatever. It's Kobe's last game. Let him go out. This was a game where, you know, the Wizards wanted to win. They were playing hard. And he just kept coming up with every play and hitting turnaround fadeaways. And, um, you know, he just finds new ways to evolve. And I think that's really what makes him special. That's what makes him, you know, one of the all-time greats is that, um, you know, every time you find a flaw in his game, every time you find a hitch, he comes back and he's better and he finds something else that you, you know, you, you can't really find a hole. And um, But I think Cleveland needed to win. Um, it says a lot that they needed him to go supernova because I think that um, they're in a lot of trouble <laughs> if he has to do this uh, to kind of right the ship. I don't know if Cleveland's problems are solved necessarily, but I do think it's a moment to sit back and, and just appreciate LeBron for how good he's been and for how good he's going to continue to be because this isn't over. Uh, you were on the Cleveland side, I assume, post Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I was on the Wizards side, so I was getting their reaction. Uh, to stick with LeBron for a second, pregame, John and Brad go on the jump. They reiterate some comments that they made previously about, or at least Brad, I think, had previously said that Cleveland didn't want any part of the Wizards in the playoffs, <laughs> and they dropped out of the one seed to, to get them and, and, and so on. Uh, fair or foul, or I, 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 whatever, I, I, let's, let's just take it for whatever it is. Your sense of when LeBron, LeBron was asked about this, for, I guess, one, your sense of, the 57 in some sort of a response to that? And your, what was sort of your sense of LeBron's response to the question about that? You know, I don't really think that LeBron, uh, you know, came out trying to send a message to John or Brad. I, I don't. I, I think he wanted to send a message to his team. And honestly, I think that, you know, um, great teams, great players, they find ways to motivate themselves. And sometimes, you know, during the doldrums of a season, it gets boring, it gets monotonous, and you – I have to find something. Uh, you have to reach sometimes. Um, his team is struggling. His team had lost four in a row, and um, it was the worst four-game stretch of his career. And I think that that's all the motivation he needed. So it didn't matter what the Wizards said. But that being said, I think the Wizards need to be careful because I love I love that they don't care. Like They, they say whatever they feel. They're honest. Um, and it's something that's refreshing because there's so many players that try to mask it. But I think that they have to find a way to either say nothing or make sure that they back up what they say. Um, because you don't want to be that team that's just the, the loud barker. You know, you want to be the team that's coming with that bite 
and I think that's what's been lacking, um, you know, from the Wizards this season because it seems like they get caught up in things that they shouldn't worry about. Like, they got caught up in LeVar Ball talking smack about his son not losing. Well, do you feel like last year, like, they with the all-black game against Boston, they said some junk, they backed, backed it up, it kicked up. Boston's butt here, and then the, with Boston, yes, they ultimately lost the war, but they were right there toe-to-toe, home court maybe changes. It almost maybe feels like they took they viewed that as successful, so why stop with this tone now? Well, because it's okay if you even if you back it up, but you also have to watch yourself. When you're a great team, there are no big games. There are no games that are more important than other games. There are no games that you need to get up for. Um, you need to win every game, and that should be the motivation for the Wizards. And I think sometimes they find themselves looking at the opposition and saying, well, we really got to come play tonight because we got the Cavaliers in town, or we really got to come to play because we got the Warriors. And then when you get drilled by uh, by the Phoenix Suns at home when you're up 22, or you blow a lead against the Lakers, you know, when you let down your guard, um, you know, that just signals a lack of focus and a lack of maturity, you know. And these are things that shouldn't be happening to a team that's made the playoffs um, the last, you know, three years or three of the last four years and has made it to the second round and has had a chance to really go to the conference finals but keeps reaching that ceiling. They haven't won 50 games. They haven't, you know, reached the conference finals. And I think they really need to kind of take a step back and and reflect on what their purpose is because, yeah, they want to entertain us. Yeah, they want to, you know, feel confident in who they are. But they also have to go out there and play and prove it and kind of let their play – do a lot more talking for them, um, especially when they haven't proven anything. You know, um, it's cool when you talk smack. It's cool when you do it. It's better when you actually have done something. And I think they need to be more of a do team than a talk team. Uh, two more questions. I know you got to go and, and do some things. First of all, just in terms of the in-game strategy, fourth quarter. Awful. <laughs> so fourth quarter, the Wizards are – Already at this point trailing, uh, and Scott Brooks basically goes with an all-small lineup. Uh, he's got out there Wall and Brad and, I guess, Otto and Ubre and Mike. No, Jody Meeks was out there, uh, something like that. And no bigs. LeBron, it looked like the proverbial man against boys. It he, did. He's, I, I was like, it's like he's out there against middle school. I mean, he was often guarded straight up by John, like not on a switch. John Wall. Yeah. And, and this is finally John Wall, who's injured his shoulder at this point in any event. What did you think of that strategy? And I guess to that point, obviously Markeith Morris is back. He's the only guy on the team who physically, I feel, can deal with LeBron. I've said before, I think, like, Markeith isn't the best player on the team. He may be the most important one because of what he can do for them, especially I only view everything right now in the prism of how can he beat Cleveland. Yeah. So it, it felt like this was a game, a reminder of that. But what did you think of that strategy and then sort of the, the lack of Morris not being 100%? Well, I feel like it's tough for Morris to come back in this game. I mean, it would have been better if he hadn't come off the bench and he could have come back against Phoenix, you know. Yeah. It's easy to kind of ease your way into a game. But when you're coming into a game on ESPN, uh, a lot of emotion, a lot of excitement in the arena, um, you're going to have – you're going to be pumped. You're not – but you are not may not necessarily be focused. I thought it was a tough environment to come back to. Uh, you know, the fact that he struggles, not a surprise. Um, you know, eventually he'll find his groove and find his rhythm. But, you know, he hasn't – been around the team for a couple of weeks and I think you know they got to regain their chemistry so it was, it was a tough spot for him um as for the fourth quarter strategy I don't understand it um but I also don't understand what the Wizards have been doing 
this entire sh- last two games since they've come back on this homestand, they've been surrendering 30-point quarters like it's nothing. Six straight from the second quarter against Phoenix to the third quarter here, six straight. It's embarrassing, you know, because at some point, you know, it's great that you can put up a lot of points. It's great that you can score. But at some point, you're going to have to get stops. And I thought the defensive strategy of basically allowing LeBron to work ISO to to send to not send help and then to send help late, I thought it was just it was poor because, you know, yeah, there were other guys on the floor who were making shots. But I think there was a stretch where Rose and D-Wade were on the floor with, with LeBron, and they didn't double them. And, like, those guys aren't known for outside shooting. You have to get the ball out of LeBron's hands. And it just seemed like the only person who was going to beat the Wizards tonight was LeBron. The only guy. And they made sure that he beat them. They made sure that he got to look down on John Wall and hit a jumper over him. Or he looked down at Kelly Oubre and shot a jumper over him. No one got physical with him. No one was able to get him out of the position he wanted to. He got the ball and just backed it all the way down to wherever he wanted to go. Then he turned around and hit that fadeaway, and he started feeling good. And that's just that's bad. And I think that this team, they're not – it's tough. It's tough because this year it's tough for to say teams have to be better defensively because for whatever reason, it's almost like the ball's juiced. Scoring <laughs> is off the charts this year. It's amazing how well teams are shooting and executing – Offensively, um, it's just it says a lot about the way the game is evolving and the talent of the players. But you got to make a defensive adjustment, and you got to at least make LeBron feel you. I mean, he he was just basically out there just doing whatever he wanted, and he never made they never made him uncomfortable. And when you got a great player like that in the groove, you can say, yeah, you know that happens. You know, great guys great star players they get loose and you deal with it but they had a chance um they could have done a better job and i always I always feel like it's a bad strategy when you don't play to your strengths and you allow your opponent to dictate how how the game is played you know i think if you looked at like the indiana pacers who just beat the cleveland cavaliers in cleveland handled them did them you know they just punished them in pick and roll situations the Wizards didn't really want to pick and roll. They didn't really try to punish them in the way other teams have. It's almost like, yeah, I know those other teams came in and beat the Cavaliers by double digits, but we're going to do it our way. No, like, look at what worked and then right. use that against them. But don't don't try to just come up with something new um, and then just allow the Cavaliers to dictate the terms, and I thought that's what they did. So the Wizards at this point have lost four or five. They go to Toronto on Sunday, which place they often have struggled. Yep. So we could be looking at a Wizards team that a week ago was rolling. I heard this week some people suggest that uh, they 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 might be the second best team in the East, and now they're on a scale of one to ten. I know you got to go. What's your level of quote unquote panic right now for this team? Um. My worry for them is that maybe a, a loss like I hope a loss like this can help them mature. I mean, I hope John's injury isn't serious. I hope that his shoulder isn't something that's going to keep him out for a long period of time. X-rays were negative. I was told. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Yeah, you know? yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. At negative broke. Well, when he says his shoulder fell on fire, that doesn't sound good. That doesn't sound good at all. And you could tell he was in pain the minute he got hit. So, um, I'm not sold. You know, I, I feel like. The Wizards have to keep their emotions in check. I think they have the talent to be, this is their window. Like, this is their window. This is the Wizards' window 
to really, you know, make hay in the Eastern Conference because it is still wide open. I mean, the Cavs won tonight, but it doesn't mean that they're all of a sudden back being great. They're not. They still have a lot of problems. They give 122, you know, so that's yeah. not something they can really be excited about. Um, so the Wizards have the talent, but do they have the maturity? Do they have the discipline? Do they have the commitment to actually be great? And I think the flaw that I see from them is that they, they measure games, they weigh games, and they just don't, like, I feel like tonight they dialed it up to 11 because they, like, overplaying the Cavaliers. Against Phoenix, they dialed it down to two. And then I just think they got to figure out whatever even level they can be at, play at that level, play at a high level of intensity at all times, and don't get caught up in all the periphery. Don't get caught up in all the ancillary stuff. Focus on winning. First and foremost, don't worry about LeVar Ball talking smack. Don't worry about LeBron and the Cavs coming to town. Handle your business, and then I'll take you seriously. But right now, I think the Wizards are distracted by too much stuff that has nothing to do with what's on the court. And I think until they figure that out, um, they won't be able to reach their potential. But, again, they have a lot of potential, and this is their window. This is their chance. And if they don't break through now, there's no guarantee that in three years, Philly won't be there ready to go. Milwaukee won't be there ready to go. Um, Boston won't be there just ready to go. So there are a lot of young teams now that are going to be something to deal with in the future. The Wizards are here now, and they have a chance, but they got to get out of their own way. All right. Well, you got to go handle your business. Appreciate it, man. By the way, I don't think I've said seen you on here since you had the uh... – the newborn so congrats on that uh, go handle that business as well oh man yeah i'm trying to try to go home and not sleep <laughs> can i say something or not yes i, I was going to formally introduce you a second but mr dan steinberg no, I is here say that I, I thought i was a scheduled guest tonight and i was looking around for ben and then i, I realized that he had like hidden away with a more valuable no more no you were you, you were writing so, here congratulations I, oh no. supplanting <laughs> me on the lockdown no, not at my all. bad i didn't realize i was supplanting anyway because he asked not, me to do it I, I guess I, I hit i hit you both up but like you were you were deep it, in thought it, it was like kidding. it was like he had two prom days i just I wanted to say hi i was the one who said yes i miss you all on the Waffle reunion. Yeah, exactly. All right, all right. Well, on that note, hold, hold on. We'll be right back here on the Lockdown Wizards podcast. All right. We are back, as promised, here on the Lockdown Wizards podcast. Our friend, Mr. Howard Fendrick from the Associated Press, he comes out for the big games, and boy, did he get a big game performance from LeBron James. Um, before I get into the topic I wanted to get into, I mean, you, I was saying to Michael, he covers the league all over the place. He's been doing this for a while. He sees all kinds of performances. You not only cover this league, you cover the NFL, you cover tennis, you're at every Grand Slam event. Uh, I'm sure we could probably find a, a game or two where LeBron was better than this, but to see what that was live and knowing that it's LeBron. This isn't just T.J. Warren scoring 40 points. This is a guy who's arguably a top five player of all time. No, I'm not never going to say he's best. Arguably a top five player of all time. Doing I think that. You, can, you can drop the arguably, though, about top five. Uh, we'll, we'll save that one for another day. In, right. in any event, to see that performance from that guy, what what did that mean for you tonight? He's fun to watch in a game like this. It's you're watching the best at his best. That's exciting, whether it's Roger Federer at Wimbledon or um, a guy hitting three homers in the majors or uh, LeBron James going off, making whatever it was, 70% from the field. 
23 of 34. That's pretty good. That's not bad. That's not, that, that is not bad. You are right. Uh, and um, in all sorts of ways, I mean, he didn't even shoot much from outside. I think it was something like one for three on threes. A lot of it was down in the post. Uh, for some reason, a one-shouldered John Wall was trying to guard him in the post. I'm not quite sure what that was about, and LeBron was not surprisingly scoring <laughs> on those chances. Uh, the Wizards tried a bit of everything, and nothing would work. And it, it's, you know, an impressive sight seeing a guy like James when he's on the way he was and with, frankly, though, not a ton of resistance. I mean, the Wizards are not going to win any defensive awards. And the way they're playing defense right now, they, as you say, they can't stop a guy named Warren from the Suns. They're not going to stop a guy named James from the Cavs. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I, I was just talking about the strategy thing with Michael. He was talking about it. Look, if you went small, I get it. You're down. The, it's not like they were stopping LeBron the prior lineup. So, okay, fine. You're trying something different. And obviously, Marquise Morris is not 100%. Um, you know, so they had they try different things. I'm not opposed to that, but like to your point, what, what, John Wall. First of all, he's giving up five inches and I don't know sixty pounds. What, whatever, yeah. yeah, whatever that number is on a regular on the regular day. Then you know he tells his post game his shoulders on fire. He's walking out in a sling, so clearly not 100. percent And to Wall's credit, there were a couple of times in the fourth quarter he had some good blocks mm-hmm. on on LeBron. There was a point the Wizards got it to seven a couple of times, had the ball, and he I think Wall missed a three and. I think Oubre had a, a off-ball turnover or something. In any event, they had some moments to get closer. They didn't. But, yeah, so that, that was bizarre to me about that that, that part of the strategy. Um, l- let me ask you this, though, because one of the issues with this team, and it's the one I've been sort of harping on, is I get we're talking about defense. You give up 130 points here, 122 to Phoenix. Defense is an issue. I'm not that worried about it in the sense that Markeith Morris is just getting back now, clearly not 100%. Um, you know, Otto Porter only played 31 minutes tonight. I'm guessing he's still a little bit... Uh, down from the illness, I suspect once they get all their pieces together, they'll be better. Maybe at least middle of the pack defensively. But this this sort of up and down nature, where they get up for Cleveland, where they did play with far more intensity tonight than they did against Phoenix, but then they go back and forth and back and forth. And I bring this up in the in the bigger picture sense for DC sports. In that, what is it? Twenty years that nobody has made a conference semifinal. Is that where we're at now after the Nats? Uh, couldn't get there. Something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's an accumulated 60-something seasons when you add in each of the individual seasons and all the four major sports. So so we're not talking about them having to win the title. And until LeBron is, I don't know, you know, 70 years old, that nobody else may get past them. Who knows? But we're only talking they got to make the conference finals. And you would think the Capitals are looks like they're going the wrong way right now. Obviously, the Redskins... Everybody in town seems to think their season might be over at three and four <laughs> because of because of the amount of injuries yeah. that they have. So the Wizards are poised to be that team with a real shot. And I heard this week on his podcast, Zach Lowe said, Wizards second best team in the East. Brian Windhorst, who was here tonight, said second best team in the East. They're not alone. I, I said second in the East. But it's hard to wrap my head around how are you going to be the second best team and you can't you, you, you can't stay level. You, you can't win every game. Can can can. You give me grief sometimes as the guy who I'm more on invested in this team, both professionally and perhaps in other ways. But you and you like to give me grief for that, which is fine. But the do you from your perspective, does this team look like a team that actually can get that far? I mean, you know, what I mean, like there's other teams in the East are good, but you know, I mean, here's the thing about these Wizards: they're talented, 
I mean, I think if you were, if the statements you were saying before and attributing to those other guys was the second most talented team in the East, I think I might agree. Here's the thing, though. I feel with the Wizards, it's almost as if they want to coast through the regular season at times the way teams like the Warriors and the Cavs, Spurs maybe, the elite teams, they don't care. They don't need to care about a bad start. Cavs lost four in a row coming in to tonight. Does anybody think they're not going to wind up with a top one or two seed in the East? And whatever their seed is, even Scott Brooks was talking about this before the game tonight with the Cavs, regardless of what their seeding is, gee, if they wind up being the quote-unquote road team in a series, they only have to win one on the road and win all their games at home. Do we think that's going to be difficult for them against anybody in the East? No. The Wizards, it seems like they kind of have that a little bit of that, I don't know if arrogance is the right word or complacency is the right word, but it's almost as if they think they're better than they are. Maybe that's the right way to put it. And so they don't come out big in every game. I mean, the way they lost to the Lakers on the road, the way they lost to Phoenix at home, the, the games against Detroit, against the 76ers early in the season, uh, they don't win games easily that they should win easily. And there is this very much up and down that I think doesn't serve them well because unlike Brooks was saying, unlike what Brooks was saying about the Cavs, the Wizards at least have not shown to be yet a team that cannot worry about where they're seated and can say, okay, we will win on the road. Well, no, that's what happened against Boston. I mean, maybe the biggest swing in that series was the fact that game seven was on the road. Um, the Wizards probably could have wound up as a two seed had they not started the way they did last year and had another swoon midway through. So I don't think they're the kind of team that can afford to be up and down the way they are. They do seem to be. I'm not sure it's about talent as much as attitude. Um, let, let me ask you this. I, I, I'm a firm believer in pretty much all sports that teams take on the personality of the dominant figure. I've said this many times. Often that's the star player, could be the coach, could be just the locker room leader, whatever that, you know, depends on the situation. Until further notice, I think that's pretty clear that this team ebbs and flows like with John Wall. Um, he competed tonight. There's no arguing that. Playing out there on one shoulder against, you know, best player in the league. Um, he did that. But this this constant up and down that we're talking about here, I mean, he seems to be the one that it goes with in the games where their defense is optional. I'm not saying he's the only offender, but it feels like if he's not giving it at full blast, things fall apart from there. So, again, if we're talking about this sort of – this is putting you on the spot to some degree, but, like, LeBron, one thing I give him credit for, even if I criticize some things here and there, every game he pretty much shows up. It was the, I think it was the underreported story of Michael Jordan's whole career. He showed up every game – the, the, it's the old Joe DiMaggio quote, I got to play hard every time because I don't know who's seeing me for the first time. I don't know if we can 100% say that about John Wall in terms of both in the court. He always goes hard. He plays hard on offense. But And like I said, I'm not picking on Wall, but I'm just saying that there's a reason why this keeps happening, and you have to look at your star players, and that goes there. So I guess, you know, what what do you see out of him? And maybe you don't agree with me, but what do you see out of him? And, again, if we're comparing to other guys you've covered, what separates those levels the guys who, if you mentioned the Federers or whatever, 
from a guy like Wall who's very good but isn't quite there yet. Well, let me start by taking it in a slightly different direction, which is I think what you say about sort of following the leader I think is very much true in team sports. And I think that it's really true with a team like the Wizards and Wall because he's – one of maybe the five most, I would say, influential guys in the NBA in terms of when he goes, the Wizards go, and when he doesn't, they don't. And you can even have a guy like Bradley Beal, who's many people think is going to finally break through with an all-star appearance this year. I mean, he scored 23 points a game last season, just like Wall did. He's right there on the cusp of entering that upper echelon around the league, Beal is. And tonight he had a great game, 30-something points, coming off 40 against the Suns, but they lose both those games. Uh, when Wall really kicks it in the gear and has a big game, the team does tend to win. I feel like he's the his ebbs and flows are mirrored very much by the team, more so than anybody else. Um, and he does have highs and lows. You're right about that. I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure if it's dependent more on him or, let's say, the way he's defended, the way um, he might feel as if his offense is flowing from his defense. Uh, He, at his best, is a very strong or capable of being, I think, a very strong defender. Um, But we don't necessarily always see the right intensity from him in that area. You know, there's a lot of talk about the defense the past couple games. And, again, we talked about this last season, too. I feel like with this group, for whatever reason, they talk about it more than they really live it. Maybe that comes from John. Maybe. I mean, you know, it's been going on for – this isn't – you know, this is what happened those first two games in Boston in the playoffs last year. They had huge leads. The leads slipped away. Um yeah, there are just times where they look great. Other times they are like, you know, not 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 overly interested on the defensive end. In any event, um, I have to keep reminding myself and the listeners: it is early. They've only played eight games. Marquise Morris has now played one. Clearly not all the way back. Um, it's going to take my minute to get back in game shape. So, you know, in general, I think with any team, you probably have to give it twenty games to have a sense of what they're doing. But for a team that's trying to get the two seed at least, or maybe the one seed, trying to get the, over that 50-win hump for the first time since, uh, you know. We, we, we you were, were in elementary school. Yeah, we, we, were, we, 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 were, we, were, we were much younger men. Uh, you know, you can't have these things. I mean, so if you're having different goals and, you know, uh, you know, this game doesn't – these couple games doesn't may not be the biggest deal right this minute, but in terms of some of these goals they want, these could be the games that ultimately have decided things for them. Um, when are we going to uh, – Parkway Deli. I'm going to start the podcast uh, thing there again. Uh, would you like to be on the uh, guest list? Please invite me. So yes, you're, so I'm you're, happy to be. So, so you're a good one because uh, I don't have to hire a limo to bring uh, to bring you over. You're, you're, I you're, can walk. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're, you're in the neighborhood. All right, we'll get that started again. Um, Howard, I suggest we leave here and go home. Thank you for your time. Thanks to Michael Lee. Thanks to you guys for listening. Uh, Wizards Raptors on Sunday. I presume I'll do a podcast after that game, but it's also Redskins Day, so we'll see how that goes. In any event, that's it for now. Thanks for listening. Find us on iTunes, as always. Until next time, see ya. Deal. Gets open for three. Dagger!
drive. Both found a shot. Dagger!